welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on dealing with stage fright. According to VeryWellMinded.com, 77% of the people in the world deal with fear of public speaking. Standing up, making a statement, telling a story, or playing music can cause more anxiety than death itself. Of course, there are different variables that can aid in stress. Preparedness, experience, audience members, and even size of a venue can change the perception. But how do you cope with anxiety? Will you ever get used to it? How do you prepare yourself? Is there a right and wrong way to do it? What if my problem is debilitating? And what does a higher power have to do with any of this? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Lloyd on the Tweed Couch. Well, Lloyd, I thank you so much again for joining me on the couch for some group therapy about something that I feel like all our people may have to deal with at some time, and that is some anxiety and some stage fright. So thank you again for joining us on the couch. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about anxiety. Uh, You know, I know for me, okay, growing up playing guitar, I had two brothers who played. And so because of that and being the younger sibling and the one who started playing a couple years later than they did... I was very self-conscious about that. And because of that, my coping mechanism was the electric guitar. Largely because the electric guitar is quieter. I could close the door, play a little guitar, and not worry about somebody walking in going, That's wrong! That's not it! That's not right! You know, and so... You know, I, I ended up doing that. And actually, still to this day, I find myself playing the electric guitar not plugged into an amplifier because all an amplifier really does is amplify my mistakes. Mm. That's a way of doing that. That's Mm -hmm. really it. So how about you? Where did your anxiety really start in guitar playing? I remember in high school, I would uh, sit up in my room and, and I would play and I was like, man, you know, I'm actually getting somewhere on this guitar. I'm actually, you know, feel like, I'm, I'm doing okay, and, and I'm nice and loose, and I'm relaxed, and I'm calm, and I'm excited, yeah. and I'm playing along with my best, my favorite Def Leppard song. And then yes. I would go out onto the stage, and suddenly I'm really tight, I'm the opposite of loose, yeah. and the pick is like stuck, and it's, I'm so stiff, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I can play this so much better when I'm in my room when nobody's watching. So you're saying it was not hot, sticky, sweet from your head down to your feet. Yeah. I was not saying that at all, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I get that. And isn't that an amazing thing? How you could practice it a hundred times. And then the second someone is watching you, you have this perception of if I mess up, they're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. Uh, You know, (laughs) Because they are. No, you do. You have that perception. You know, and I I tell whether we're doing a Christmas program with our with our Sunday school kids 
or doing a breakout session and kids are like, man, I just wish I could get on stage like you. But, I'm, you know, maybe it's the they're doing a going to be part of the variety show at an event and they're like, I'm just so nervous. And I, I always tell everybody that, you know, it's we have this weird psyche that we have this idea that we feel like nobody else feels the way we do. And, and it's almost <laughs> like we it's almost like we think that the people who are out in the audience are rooting for you to fail. But, you know, they never yeah. are. You know, it is. It's like, there, well, there isn't. Not never. <laughs> very rarely are people out. You know, they're like, especially the variety shows, you know, man, you can do anything. And they're so, they, the youth are so supportive of everybody hops on stage because they know how hard okay, it is. Well, that's an important point. We need to understand variety show. Okay. So you and I do these events called Quake events. And a long time ago, we referred to them as talent shows. And after a while, we went. We're not going to call these talent shows anymore because the fact is, is that we don't care if you have talent or not. We just want you to be entertaining. And by saying entertaining, we want to say this is variety. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. A variety of interesting things going on. And so we started these variety shows at these big youth events. And that right there is beautiful because for the most part, people are at these events, watching Variety going, I just want to be entertained. If you fail, that's entertaining. If you do amazing, that's entertaining. Yeah, and that and that carries over to everything, though. I, whether you're doing a speech during school or uh, if you're playing at a concert somewhere, I find that, you know, most people, they just, they just want you to succeed. And yet we put it upon ourselves to... It, it's it's a real fear, you know. We can't say it's irrational because it's a real fear, but everybody's rooting for us, you know. It's like why do we fear so yeah. much when everybody is there going, "Yeah, do your thing. We're we're excited about what you're doing." Don't you know? Well, I will add one other part to that, and that is that failure is only as bad as you're allowing it to be, because there have been lots of times that I have failed and completely laughed it off had some sort of a of an angle that went yeah well i'm growing you know so it makes them look like more of a jerk whenever they're like yeah but you failed and it's like yeah but i mean i've been doing this for a few months i've been practicing i'll get better next time yeah but you failed right but like i told you i'm, I'm still a work in progress like i'm working sure on it. like sure why are you the jerk right now you know yeah. it's, it doesn't have to be so negative that you happen to not do so well yeah absolutely I agree. But at the same time, there are times when you do do well. So like for me, my coping mechanism for whenever I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want my brothers to hear me. I don't want my brothers to to make fun of me if I mess things up is I played along to CDs. So I would play Hootie and the Blowfish or I would play Aerosmith really loud and then I would play my guitar along to it to where I could just kind of hear myself underneath And it really did build some confidence. It helped to mask some of the mistakes. And ultimately, it still taught me timing. It still allowed me to make those mistakes and be able to grow from them. Mm -hmm. So I think there's some of those insecurities that actually can still help you in the long run. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're never going to be perfect. But you're right. Being able to just, you know, I I think in in my guitar player, I'm never going to be the guitar player I want to be. No. And I have gotten a lot better at being able to keep myself relaxed 
to be able to do the best that I can at that moment. I still think I'm a better guitar player behind closed doors in my house when nobody's watching. Right. But I enjoy the instrument at whatever level I'm at, at whatever the gifts God has given me. Um, I think that that's a lot of key is just to be able to hop on stage and just give it, give it your all for whatever you have. And whatever happens, happens. And like you said, it doesn't mean that you're not going to make some mistakes. And it's not, you can't have, have a, be afraid that you're going to not be able to finish it. Because you probably are going to mess something up somewhere. But that doesn't matter, you know, because it's just part of the right. live performance or just what, what you're doing. And, and to realize that none of us are ever going to do a perfect thing unless you're Mariah Carey and you can sing to the stratosphere oh, two notes at one time. Seriously. Like Bobby McFerrin That as well. woman... Yeah, and, and how does that happen for a lady like that? Like, seriously, I mean, she has that much God-given talent that at any moment she can just nail it, and whenever she doesn't, and she's a little raspy, and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, sorry, that was terrible. I'm like, that nope. is still better <laughs> that than made anything better. I could ever. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. You just became more rock and roll woman. I love it. But, but that actually brings up an interesting point of that playing on stage thing. Because I think about anxiety and I go, okay, so there's this anxiety about playing behind the closed door by myself and worrying that someone on the outside in my family is going to make fun of me and continue to do this forever. But then there's actually playing on stage in front of people. And for me, a great coping mechanism for playing on stage in front of people and worrying about messing up is playing with people. Mm especially people of the same talent. Hmm. So when I was in, oh man, I was probably in high school at this point. Yeah, I was definitely in high school at this point. I was playing in the youth group and this was after you had left because as we mentioned in a previous podcast, you were my youth director basically until ninth grade. Mm -hmm. And then 10th through senior year, I had a different youth director and Kudos to John Welty, who was the youth director that came after you, that he saw that I played guitar and went, we should cultivate this. And he would have me play in front of the youth. And I would play guitar and, I, you know, somebody let me borrow an acoustic guitar and I, I would play along because I had an electric. And I would do all these like campfire type things. And in all honesty, that helped to build like some sort of a a confidence because ultimately people would come up to me and be like, Oh man, you did amazing. How did you play these songs or whatever? And then that allowed me to say, Hey, why don't you join me next time? And now it's two of us. And when they mess up, eh, whatever, because I was about to mess up anyway, you know, and then it just kind of aided in that. And then of course in that insecurity, somehow I got better, Hmm. a lot better. Hmm. So I don't know, that that was my start into actually probably stage playing. Yeah. So how about you? What about you? What about when you finally got out of the room, what was your kind of like, I'm starting into the stage and here's my anxiety? Yeah, you know, at, at first I was I was thinking that I was kind of the opposite of you in that I sometimes have more anxiety playing with other people and just kind of enjoy being by myself more because then I'm just because really? I'm, I'm in total control and I don't have to right. I don't have to coordinate with anybody else I can do whatever I do I can I can switch songs up on a dime I can play whatever key I want 
But that's kind of where I'm at now. I agree that uh, when I go back to when I was first starting out, um, I I wouldn't have been able to do that right away. I definitely, um, yeah. I, in college, I was part of a vocal group called Living Water. And it was nice to have other people in charge and me just to come in and them just tell me, okay, you sing this note. And I was able to get in front of people without having any responsibilities whatsoever other than singing the notes that they put they gave me and that really is my launching pad I think that it brought me in and uh, got me comfortable without having to have a lot of responsibility because I wasn't carrying anything I was just part of the group you know I wasn't the lead singer I was just because we were a vocal group we all just sang a part I didn't play an instrument you know we just sang and and that was that was a looking back that was a really good experience well, and the thing that you kind of mentioned there just kind of remind me, you know, it's more than just guitar. I remember singing in choir. Here I am singing in choir, and I'm not the only tenor. And so now I'm singing along with someone, and I hear someone else. And if they crack or I crack, you don't really necessarily hear it. And it made it real easy. It was like, what are we doing? Are we singing in front of a thousand people are we singing in front of 10 people are we at the mall singing you know what's going on and it really was not any anxiety at all simply because you just had one responsibility and there was like a few other people doing it as well yeah exactly and that, that that's the point that i'm uh, that i'm making when i went from that i started doing a little bit more and a little bit more with with uh, a band and put the guitar on and we started uh you know, in college, we had a little college band. And then, of course, the uh, Youth Encounter bands yep. that we talked about previous times Absolutely. that They're you great. and I were both part of. So I think by the time I got to those and got more into the performance of, of band stuff, I think I was, I was pretty comfortable by them. But it, but it wasn't – it was because I had baby steps. I started with you, – like you and two, I sung in the high school choir and then the college thing that I just mentioned – and I uh, really didn't realize it until right now how that really brought me in slowly. Yeah. So I never really did. I never really did feel like I had a bunch of anxiety. Ironically, I got anxiety more later. Yeah. Well, which is interesting, too, because, I mean, I remember in high school, I'm singing with the choir. I'm playing some guitar with the youth, you know, just doing some campfire things. And then I remember melding the two together. And when we melded the two together was around Christmas time. And they decided that the guitar should play with the choir. Now, I'm going to let you guess, as a good Lutheran that you are, what song was guitar written but is a Christmas carol that had to be done together? Silent night. Yes, that's it. Now, do you remember the story of why? Why it was done on guitar? Why is guitar what this is written for? Uh, Organ was down, wasn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the organ in the area. So the guy wrote the song, this, this what was to be a famous Christmas carol. The guy had written this this Christmas carol and the organ was down because of like flood damage or something. Mm-hmm. And so the person who was getting ready to like have this done with the choir and everything said, well, can you just make it to a guitar? And he was like, yeah, I can do that. Hmm. And now this 
famous Christmas carol of Silent Night is all something that was written for a guitar. Yeah, and every year we, uh, at our Christmas program, we do Silent Night. One year we didn't do it, and we heard about it for the next six months that we didn't do Silent Night. So never again. (laughs) The the great sin of uh, the small Lutheran church. So... (laughs) So, um, but yep. what's, what's a total mm-hmm. blast for me is that I, I, I go to a small country Lutheran church, little church in the middle of nowhere, and yep. I play that song on acoustic guitar for the congregation every year. And it, it's one of the highlights of my year. Yeah. It is so beautiful because I think back to this is how it was written when it was, when it was first sung. I, I, I just love that. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, what it's so it was great. intended for. And, and so that happened to be an introduction of where I went from my comfort zone of, man, I've got like three other people singing the same part to I'm the only one playing guitar and I'm doing this in front of like 300 people and the choir is singing along to me. And that I remember distinctly was my first Uh, stage fright. Okay. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, my gosh, like this is happening. And thank goodness that, you know, like a good Lutheran church, we were sitting in the back. (laughs) Singers are in the back. Guitars in the back. So no one's looking. And you're just playing along. And and the piano played along, too. So I wasn't all by myself. But here I am, like, you know, a junior in high school. I've been playing guitar now for like two years and this is you know the the avenue the stage in which i am performing for one of the first times really in front of a group of people that i it's not that i want to impress but that i want to see that i am succeeding as someone who's trying to become Mm -hmm. an adult Mm -hmm. you know and so that was interesting. That was really interesting to me. Um, my, my first stage fright thing that I can go back to and think is everybody everybody gets nervous at certain levels. I, I uh, since we're talking yes. about performance stuff, which is what this podcast really is, anyway, um, musical stuff. We are in yeah. a company of great people that have come before us that have all felt exactly the way that we, we way we do. And I remember. Uh, Elton John, people that you wouldn't even think, you know, I remember, remember VH1 where they did the VH1 Unplugged? Do you remember those? Yeah, hold on. Was it the Unplugged, the Behind the Music, or the Storytellers? It wasn't the Storytellers. Might have been one of the previous two options. Not sure. So the Unplugged was MTV, and Behind the Music was your Okay, well, it must have been VH1 then. So Elton John, he's uh, sitting in a room grand piano he's got about it's only about a hundred people there surrounding the piano and he can see the faces of all of them because the lighting is not what he has been used to which is walk out on stage hear the roar of the crowd but the lights are so bright that all he sees is it looks like it's a black screen (laughs) because he can't see anybody at all and he said he was more nervous about doing that show in front of a hundred people than he has been ner- in, in years. He hasn't been that scared 
because he said, I'm not, I'm not used to seeing people yeah. at all. And suddenly it's like, I'm, I'm playing for real people. Yep. And I'm like, wow, you know, Elton John, you know, <laughs> since the seventies and here he yes. still, he still gets nervous. And, and I remember hearing, uh, um, Stephen Curtis Chapman opened up a bunch of years ago about, uh, when he first started out, well, this is while he, he already had an album. He said he would, he would sometimes get so nervous that he would actually throw up before he went out on stage. Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I'm like, wow. I get anxiety wow. and nervous. I've never gotten that nervous. It's, uh, yeah. said, we're, we're, we have a great group of, uh, of people that all, you know, feel just like we can at sometimes. But but my first time when I got nervous, it, it wasn't it wasn't you said it was when you were playing guitar. I don't know if I've ever really gotten stage fright while I was playing guitar. For me it's it's uh vocally. And I was when I was on that Captain oh. Free band, um we did a we did a show we did a song called Heart and Soul where I didn't play an instrument I just grabbed the microphone and I walked out in front of that stage with nothing no security blanket at all and I think the guitar is kind of a security blanket for me and maybe the mic stand and the mic stand might oh, be yeah. too a little bit so just to grab that microphone yep uh, no guitar no mic stand and to walk out in the front of that stage and I was fine singing the song but then there was just one day. Out of the blue, I don't know, in the middle of the song, I started to feel that anxiety. In the middle of the song, it's really, really kind of strange. Because normally, once you get into it, you forget everything. But not in this instance. That's really the first time I remember that, that happening. I think, I think it was actually in Seattle. You know, I know it was in, it was, it was in the Northwest. That's yeah. how much I remember. I can still see the faces of everybody. And I was able to finish the song. It wasn't, it didn't control, but it was for the first time I felt this, this, because I remember I told you, I never really had that much anxiety, but here's the tough thing, Stephen, because once I tasted it, yeah, that little bit of fear and a little bit of anxiety, I've had to battle it the rest of my life. Really? Yeah. Even though I pushed through it, it's still, it's something that's always in the, it's always when, if I get that feeling or something, I'm like, is it going to control me? And I won't let it. You yeah. you might know uh, yeah. you know the song uh, listening the echelon song listening oh uh, yes do you know the you know the story behind it right uh no I do not know the story behind this okay I will tell it anyway but you uh, but I was thinking you probably knew it was it was written because of really my stage fright experience didn't happen on a stage mine happened in a classroom. After I had been touring for two years with the Youth Encounter Band and played everywhere, and I had really, like I said, no anxiety at all, we were doing a, uh, a class that had, uh, it was about youth ministry, and so the, the, the professor said, hey, if anybody has any good youth ministry stories you want to tell, and I'm like, man, I love telling stories. And so in the middle of class at night, um, I, uh, uh, it was like a three-hour class, um, I was like, yeah, I got one to tell. And so later while we're going through, he goes, he goes, Lloyd, you said you had one to tell it. This would be a good time. And so I stood up in front of the class to tell this story. And my mind went blank in the middle of the story. And I had, I had to stop. I was just like, and you know, that happens yeah. to everybody where your mind goes blank at times. But this was kind of disabilitating to me. I actually had to sit down without finishing the story because I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember what the rest of the story was. And after that, I realized that for the first time in my life, 
I wasn't sure I could trust that when I opened my mouth, I would be able to finish a sentence. Wow. It got so bad that even talking to my mom and dad in their kitchen, I could feel this terror building up in front of me. It wasn't, it's not about stage fright, but it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's, but with my parents, come on. Yeah. And I, I knew that I had a problem. I knew I had a problem there. And uh, that was when I wrote the song Listening. And that's what that song is all about. It's all about God being forever faithful and will not leave us alone. And, you know, and, and me being frustrated with saying, you know, God, I would be such a better witness for you if I wasn't so afraid all the time, you know. And that's what that song is about. And it's uh, it's every time I sing it to this day, it's kind of an anthem for me. Yeah. Because I'm stubborn, you know. Yes. <laughs> I, the thing is, even though I was afraid, I wouldn't let it control me. I wouldn't let it stop. And one of the people that really helped me was uh, with a lady by the name of Joyce Meyer. Yeah. Some people love her, some people hate her. But she wrote a book that was called Battlefield of the Mind. Mm-hmm. And my lovely bride, Tanya, um, she had written that book and she gave it to me. And so I, so I read it. And it, and it really helped me because it, for the first time I realized, she, she says in that book that just because you have anxiety, something because, or it doesn't have to be anxiety, it can be anything, but whatever is in your head that is negative thoughts, it doesn't have to stay there. And we have a tendency to fixate on certain things. And God's word is, was absolutely essential to me. The Bible has 366 references to not having anxiety. Yeah. Either it says, do not be afraid, have no fear, fear not. You know, 366 times God tells us that. You think God maybe think, knows that we have anxiety issues? That he gives us a literally gives us a verse for every day of the year plus leap year. Yeah, you know. And so, what Joyce Meyer opened up for me is to realize that whatever's going on in our life, whether it be stage fright or whether it be anxiety about um, anything, you, know, you put put your anxiety in there. We all have them, but God has something to say about it. And take the truth of God, the truth of God's word, of what he wants to tell you. And when you have thoughts in your head, like I said, they don't have to stay there. Put the truth of God's word in there. And that was key to me. So like Second Timothy 7 is, is what I think of all the time is, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And that's what got me through my, my real, really disabilitating moment when I wasn't sure when I opened my mouth that I would, that I'd be able to finish a sentence. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know it, but I mean, this is years oh, yeah. ago. We're talking 30 years ago. I've done a lot in the last 30 years. Well, yeah, you have. But I realize, I guess it's like being a recovering alcoholic. You always struggle yeah. with alcohol, you know? And I think for me, it's, it's a, it, maybe it's a Paul thing. Maybe it's a God doesn't want me to get so up on myself that he, that I've constantly reminded to rely on him. Yeah. Well, and it, it's amazing that you put it that way because that is a number of times that I have gone out to go do things. And, and I have this memory of talking with, with Toby Mac, which Toby Mac, he's part of DC talk that then went off to do his own thing is arguably more famous than DC Talk, which was his trio band that he was a part of. <laughs> but I will argue not more famous. One of those things. But really yes, good. But one of those things is that 
there was this whole idea that before he would walk out on stage, he would say, if you want to steal my show, do it. So I, I've got a whole plan. I've got this idea of what I want this show to be. It's all choreographed. And it's all everything's put to a click and everything's there. But God, if you're telling me right now that you want to do something different, steal the show. It's yours. And it's one of those things that kind of what you're going with is you have all these things going on in your mind. You have these expectations. You have these ideas that you are going I'm going to do this and it's going to look like this. And this is the idea in my head. At the end, I will be levitated and be hovering above them all. And everyone will literally move me along as if I am on my own chariot, whatever. And you might let yourself down. And that's the fear because you've set yourself up so high. And so when you let that go and when you allow for a higher power, to just take over, there's a lot of anxiety that can be lifted from that. Now, with yeah. that said, yeah, I do think that we need to do a quick break for our sponsors. We're going to do that, and then we're going to come back, and people may not realize how many people you've had to play in front of, as well as how little of people you've ever had to play in front of. So we're going to talk a little bit about that after a word from our sponsors. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, family-friendly, and camping, then you need to come to LifeFest. In July of 2022, they will have two festivals once again, one at the Sunnyview Fairgrounds in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and the other at the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bonagua, Tennessee. I'll see you there. Let's hear from another sponsor. Since 2003, the Crestman Guitar Company has been repairing stringed instruments and building custom guitars and basses. In 2021, Kretzman started production of a solid body electric guitar with the goal of providing affordable, awesome looking and sounding guitars that anyone, student to expert, would be proud to play and own. Be sure to check them out at KretzmanGuitars.com. That's K-R-E-T-Z-M-A-N-N guitars.com all right so let's go ahead and talk about a few things now i'm gonna go ahead and start with the least amount of people i have ever been in front of for any kind of a concert and there was a concert i did in minnesota while i was touring with my captive free band which was a a year-long youth ministry band and we played almost every day And we ended up playing on a night in which Survivor was having their finale. Nice. I wouldn't have been to see you either. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So here we are. We're in the year 2000. And now Survivor has hit its culmination. And this is finale night. The search is over. And we have a booking. This is their last show. And that booking was for six people. Mhm. A family of two parents and their and their like yep. three kids 
and then some old lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was it. And what's crazy is, is that those two parents and their three kids, they were host families. So people who were going to take some of the band home just to stay the night so we could save on expenses. And then the old lady who actually had nothing to do with anything other than she heard something was happening mm-hmm. at the church. <laughs> At that point, there were more people in the band than there was in the actual audience. Yeah, you, you don't want that ratio. <laughs> you and because want that of that, it was so nerve-wracking. Hmm. Because you can see their face. You're only looking at a few people. Hmm. And what's funny is, to this day, I still imagine, how did the people in the audience feel? Gosh, they kept looking at us. <laughs> <laughs> Did they actually did they actually listen to anything that happened? Did they actually go, man, that was a really good show? Or were they like, gosh, they were really creepy. They just kept looking at us. <laughs> uh, yes, and. <laughs> so that's my minimum amount. So what is your minimum amount? Are we, uh, are we not counting when uh, you set up and nobody shows up and you don't play? So it's got to be actually a performance. Hold on. You set up once. <laughs> yeah. And nobody yeah. showed up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where was this? Yeah. Draw you down to my personal hell. <laughs> <laughs> you thought six. Oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a one downer. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> You're not one upping, no. you're one downing. No, I'm, going, is... <laughs> I'm going way down. Um, but there's 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 uh-huh. a, a good ending to this. Uh, the the worst part was, is that where they had us set up was upstairs, um, on the uh, oh. second. So we had to carry all our equipment up the stairs, and set up in this, <laughs> <laughs> this. Uh, I don't know. It, was, it, was, it wasn't even in the sanctuary. It was in this foyer area outside of the sanctuary on the second <laughs> level. Yeah, exactly right. Quit laughing at my pain, Stephen. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. All so, by myself. Exactly right. So, our contact, his wife, they were the only ones at the show. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's right. And so, I, she's, I counted, so I, you know, there were two people there, but. Actually, made me think of another one where actually our contact. This is a different, different, uh, different, whole different one. This was down in the basement in Michigan. Our contact actually let us in and told us we're going to be set up, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I won't be able to come tonight. <laughs> you cannot go where I've gone." Oh man. Hey, hold on. Did anybody else show up? Um, that one actually, we had like three people show up. Okay. Whew. Oh. But the other one where the where a contact and his wife were there. Um, so we we played like two or three songs. That was it. And they were like, "You guys can play if you want, or you can just play a few songs. We'd love to hear you, and then we'll take you out to Chinese food at this really great Chinese place." And we're like, "Ding!" Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Soul. Yeah. No. I, no. And you know, you you had said about uh, the anxiety of playing for so few people. I I am. Um, and you know, it's kind of like Elton John. You know, we're saying earlier about him feeling that way. I definitely don't feel anxiety with with least amount of people. I don't know. I love I love how intimate it feels when there's a small amount of people. And I don't. And, yeah. and maybe it's also because there's 
less people to witness the train wreck if it happens. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. If, as I psychoanalyze myself on your couch. I don't know. But I, I like the small intimate settings where people are like looking into your soul. I, I really like that. And vice versa. Yeah. So. Well, okay, so we talked about minimum amount of people. So if we went for maximum amount of people, you know, I know there was a time where with Second Adam and we were playing, we had a good 5,000 people. We had another couple of times where we were in front of a number of people, but it was like a, it was like a talking type of thing. Like we didn't actually play. We just had to talk. We were doing some sort of a, a sponsorship type of thing, and there was, you know, a good... 15, 20,000 people Mm -hmm. there as we're trying to talk about the sponsorship thing. And then there was the time, as John mentioned in a podcast a couple of weeks ago, playing with the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer in Mm. front of a good, like, 20, 25,000 people. And what's crazy is all of those scenarios, I didn't have much anxiety at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Actually, there was a time playing with Echelon. We were playing on the main stage, and I got to play with you guys. Yeah. And there was probably a good, like, you know, five to 8,000 people. Now, granted, this is in a large field. <laughs> so you look at five to 8,000, and you go, it looked like there was 12. Yeah. yeah. But it's a, still a sea of space. Yeah. And there was no anxiety to that. So I found that like being in front of more people was actually easier than being in front of less people. And and that specific show that you're talking about there is still one of my highlights, my highlight musical moments of all time. There was just something about that because remember uh, we had we had Jonathan and Becky, Jonathan Rumman and Becky Hemingway were there too, and we were just like. Just, yep, and, and I was like, to have another guitar player it was so great having you. Mm-hmm. And we got to play the night before on, uh, in, yes. I don't know, was it the, would have been the cafe stage now, I think. It was the cafe stage, a big tent. Yeah, but it was, it was like 10 o'clock at yeah. night, so there weren't that many people there. But we played the night before, so that was kind of our rehearsal. And it was like, hey, let's take this to the main stage tomorrow. So I, we all felt really loose. We kind of knew what we were doing. Oh, yeah. And it felt like it. It was so much fun. I, I still, yeah. I loved, I loved that set. So what is your large amount of people and how did you feel playing in front of that large amount of people well with uh with the band echelon and also with uh peter eyed who i was uh very honored to be able to play with uh for a bunch of years with those two um played some pretty big places quite a bit uh i've you know i I think back in how many of the big like super domes you know, like I've played the St. Louis Superdome in the Atlanta, um, New Orleans, Houston, and I don't know. There's, I know there's a few others. This is your arena rock. Yeah, it's right. Time. Exactly right. I mean, because when we were playing, um, Echelon did two of the Lutheran uh, Missouri Synod National Youth Conventions. We were the house band for two of those. And uh, one of them was in Orlando, and the other one was in New Orleans. And so we're playing in the Superdome in there, and we're, it's in the round. we got the big stage in the middle. And there was about, at that event, I think there was about 35,000 at that one. Yeah. But, but the Superdome seats like 88,000. So, you know, it was full, yeah. but you realize how full it could really be. But we were sitting behind stage after doing our sit there. We're, we're, we're going, man, you know, who plays in places like this? 
you know, because yeah. most people don't, you know, if you're no. a big touring act, most of the time you're playing in 20 to 50,000 seat places. You're not playing the 88 to 100,000 seat places very often. The big acts don't do that. Yeah. So we're like, who plays and play? We're like, we're talking like Elton John or U2, you know, bands like this. Guns and Roses. Yeah. Well, Taylor Swift. So here we are in the Superdome. Just got done hopping off the stage. We're having this conversation. And we said, like, bands like U2 play here. Well, this was in July. The following February, the Super Bowl was there, and U2 was the halftime show. <laughs> and so I'm watching the halftime show going, hey, we were on that stage right there, right there next to Bono. Yeah, that's us. My, that's us. <laughs> Bono's putting his DNA with my DNA. It's right there. <laughs> Yeah. So he's breathing my air. I know it's been a while, yeah. but he's breathing my air. Yeah. Which nowadays might be COVID. Yeah, well, oh. that's a good point. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So how nervous were you playing in front of that many people? I mean, we're talking about anywhere between twenty-five to forty-five thousand people at any given moment for any of those shows. My wife was with us. You know, normally, you know, you you pull the uh, whatever vehicle, whether it be a bus or a van with a trailer, you pull it behind the building and you unload through the loading dock to where you're playing. Oh, no, not at at the Superdome. The Superdome, they pulled you right into the building and we pulled up right behind the stage, right out on the 50-yard line. You know, you're right there. And so (laughs) as we're getting pulled in there, you know, you, you just, you know, we were all really excited about doing that. Because that was the first one we did. But when we pulled in there, my, my wife, Tanya, she says, you should have seen the eyes on all of your faces. <laughs> he said, you, your eyes just opened up, realizing how big of a place this really was. Yeah. And, and yeah, I was nervous, but um, we had four days of rehearsal in the Superdome before we actually played. By the time we played... I was able to go, I knew, I knew where I was standing. I knew how everything sounded and all the things that can kind of give me anxiety sometimes about, well, you know, like that. It's just like, is everything, does, does, is the tone of my guitar what I want? You know, do I know this? So all of that. We were able to get rid of all that. So then we were ready to go. I was ready to go. And by that time, some of the anxiety had built off. But that first day without anybody there, yeah, I was, I was pretty nervous. But, but excited at the same time. I was like, man, this will be great. So what's interesting about all of this, you know, you're talking about your anxiety and where your anxiety goes. And I didn't quite realize it until just now. But after being done with doing church and, you know, well, not done with doing church, but done doing those anxiety moments of church, my next anxiety moment actually was with you. Oh, thank you. I was at a youth event <laughs> with you. And you had Echelon there, and there was about 500 people at this youth event. And you said, hey, you want to bring your guitar and play with us? Mm. And I went, sure. (laughs) But, I mean, I was like 19. You know, not really... I mean, I've played with some garage bands. I've done this. I've done that. But you want me to play with you guys? Like, you guys are amazing. And you had me come up there and play with you guys. And I was like, well, what's the set? And you were like, I'll just tell you the key before we start. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So I should know what a key is then. 
Is that is that where we're at? I guess that's where we're at. And you would just look at me and go, yeah, it's E, B, C sharp, E, and then we'll go to an A at the bridge. <laughs> okay, got it. And we would do that. And that moment, there was a lot of anxiety in the moment. Well, yeah. But it was who would, so who would much do that fun. You? Gosh, you would. Ugh. Jerk. Anyway, no. A, a lot of credit to my old youth director who decided. No, I'm no, I, I don't remember doing that at all to you. I'm, I'm sure I did. Yes. Uh, oh, you definitely did. And, it. I, I, and, I, and it was amazing. It's a credit because you guys came into town. You were doing the youth event. It was the Dallas youth event, and I showed up and I played with you. But the thing was, is that the soundboard didn't have enough channels to accommodate me. Mm. So all we had was an amp that we could turn up really loud. Nice. As it should be. <laughs> yes. And it, it was an acoustic amp. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. But I'm playing electric guitar and I have a little bit of pedals yeah. and everything. And I played my Strat. Yeah. And the thing was, is that you really couldn't hear me well. And that was actually probably the best part was because no one could hear me very well, but yet I was on stage. I got a lot of the cred mm-hmm. for being up there. Mm-hmm. I could make all the mistakes, but yet I didn't get all the, gosh, man, you really sucked at that. You realized that was an A, <laughs> A you were supposed to you play. You do know how to play right? an A chord, and correct? So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know how to play an A chord, right? Yes. I'm playing a four chord. Is there a four? <laughs> yes, but only if you're doing Nashville. Anyway, but... So here I am, and I do this, and that moment was really a life-changing moment Mm. for how I felt the anxiety. Mm. Just playing with people and not being able to even be heard, but being comfortable with the stage, that was a moment where I got bit. Mm. I mean, I caught the virus. Mm. I am now, I'm in, and you ruined my life at that moment, and then... (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) yes and then you know you look a little bit farther forward and i'm playing with my own bands and i'm doing my own thing and here it is a time to play on the grandstand the main stage in front of thousands and you decide hey why don't you come play along with us and that is the concert we just spoke Mm -hmm. of and that moment was another one of those like but i wasn't I didn't, I wasn't anxious and it's because of the little baby steps that happened throughout the time. And so as we continue to move forward, it even goes to that time I got to play with Jonathan Kane. Mm-hmm. You know, here I am playing Don't Stop Believing" with the guy who actually wrote the song and played it for decades. And I really wasn't all that nervous. And a lot of it has to do with the more you get to it, the more you're around it, the more you have that chance to be a part of it, the anxiety goes away. And it it's kind of like that unconscious competence that you get that I am competent in what I do and I could think about something else. What's the grocery list? And yet still can play the song the way it needs to be done mm-hmm. because I've done it so many times. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a blessing. And and it's amazing to be a part of that. And it's a lot of it has to do with who you know and who's willing to give you a shot at being able to get over those fears. Wonderful segue, because I would say it's it's what I'm going to say is off topic, but on topic for what you are saying in that I never would have asked you to do anything that I didn't know that you could do. 
you know, the very the very first time you play, I do remember it now a little bit. That that was like, you know, not like we were going to be able to rehearse at all. It was like, come out, just come on and hang out a little bit. And uh, I knew that you weren't going to have to carry the song, you know. And so you could just hop right. up and just play whatever, and it wasn't going to be through the PA, so it didn't matter. But by the time we got to the the concert at, at Life Fest that we were talking about, there, I know your chops. And I knew you knew our songs. Right. And I knew you could actually add something to what we were doing. And uh, and so, you know, yeah, I, I, I never want to put somebody in a position where, where they're going to fail. And I knew that you'd be okay, right. you know. So, kudos to you. Thumbs up through the uh, microphone. Well, well, thank you. Well, and actually, I would say kudos to you because you might be like, oh, kudos to you for being able to rise to the occasion. But at the same time, isn't that the responsibility of someone who has already risen to that occasion to be able to take someone and go, can I bring you along with me a little bit and get you to a point where you could get someone else? Mm to bring up to yours. And then, it, I mean, it's a mentoring program by that point. Sure. And so in all honesty, that's probably the biggest thing. When we talk about stage fright, yes, everybody has it. And for the most part, it can be gotten over. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it comes down to not only taking the opportunity in, but then once you've kind of gotten past that point, trying to put someone under your wing to get them past it too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the other thing about stage fright that I always make sure that people who ask me about it know is that most things that are, that are truly going to make, give us a lot of joy or that are really worthwhile usually have some bit of struggle that comes with them. And yeah, knowing it's like, yeah, you know, use that nervousness because when you're done, you're going to be, you're going to feel so good about what you accomplished and what you did and how much, how much fun you had. Hang on to that, you know, because that'll keep you coming back again. Yes. And I, okay. So this probably brings us to a final thought. So as we get to a final thought, for me, the final thought really comes down to this understanding that it's okay to be a little scared. It's okay to have a little anxiety. It's okay to have some nerves because in all honesty, the nerves show you care. Mm -hmm. If you have zero nerves, I guess you don't care. Hmm. So it's okay to have those nerves, but at the same time, it's also important to show your grit, to show that you can rise above that. You can also laugh at your failures, but you can also celebrate your successes. And that is incredibly important to grow, not only as a guitar player, but as a musician and a showman, an entertainer, which is really what we're doing when we're talking about getting up on stage. Mm -hmm. There was a poll done years ago, a national poll asked people to, uh, to say what they're the most afraid of. And the results of those poll, the top two, the number one thing that people were most afraid yeah. of was public speaking. The second thing that people were most afraid of was dying, which means, which means that most people would rather be in the coffin than being the one giving yes. the eulogy at the so funeral. So true. You know, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. So you know, everybody, everybody has anxiety. You know, it's it's a normal thing. 
and like yeah. you were saying, a lot of it is it, it does it can be channeled. Really, it it makes us better a lot of times. You know, because we're because we're really hitting on all cylinders. We're really focused. You know, and so you're thinking about everything, and uh, don't let that get in the way of just having fun, though. Because ultimately, uh, when we're talking about music, that that's what comes through. And just remember to enjoy it. You know, because you will. When you're done, you'll feel so good. It, it, there's a high about going up and, and doing a song and having people clap along and sing along or just playing. And and it's it is too to be enjoyed. It's yeah. like God gave us music for that reason to enjoy it. You know, yeah. it doesn't do anything really. It doesn't like. It's not like it's oxygen or or nutrients. It's like, but we all need it. You know, it feeds it feeds yeah. us in a different way. It does. It definitely feeds us in a different way. Instead of it being the oxygen nutrients that we have for our body, it's actually it's food for our soul, food for our mind. Amen. And I I love it. I absolutely love it. Lloyd, I think we could talk forever on this because I think we both have experienced a lot of these different, you know, emotions over the time. I think it's time that we we close down the therapy session, but I will say this that it has been awesome talking with you about it and this is probably the most authentic guitar (laughs) therapy we've actually had this entire like three four seasons whatever we're on to right now well i i love hanging out like this with you so um hopefully uh somebody enjoyed listening to it as much as i enjoy just hanging out with you always so love you man love you too all right until next time all right see ya Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you liked what you heard, leave five stars and a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Tweed Couch. Until next time.